the anti-politics podcast we enjoyed having you with us last time for our first episode uh we're back again today here with me again is alan how's it yo, going yo. alan good how you doing buddy i'm doing all right man uh it's a sunday nice day today so we're gonna enjoy the weather um we got a guy with us today he's a good friend of ours his name is appleseed and he has certainly came a long way from where he was definitely want to have you all hear his story. How's it going, brother? Hey, it's uh, going, man. Um, first of all, um, <clears throat> I'd like to take the opportunity to say thank you. This uh, is a uh, honor and a privilege, and it's also it's quite humbling to be invited on and chat with you guys about the current events, about a lot of other stuff that's going on right now. And I'm happy to share um, my story, some aspects of my story of my life with you guys about trying to dox myself too bad. So, um, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, so I am ready to get this going. Let's crank this up to 10. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, we're certainly glad you're here with us, too. It's more of an honor for us to have you here. Thank you. 100%, thank you. 100% on that. So tell us a little yeah. bit about yourself, man. Where, where'd you come from? What's your story? Okay. Well, my story is, um, of course, everybody knows I was um, born in Texas. Um, I did not grow up there. Actually, I grew up in a um, rural Appalachian state until I was 18. Um, I, um, my uh, father, he served during the Vietnam War. Um, I don't remember much of my father. Um, him and my mom divorced, uh, I think, before I was four. But I was uh, raised by you know, my grandpa and my two uncles. And they were like the three main father figures I had in my life. And all three of them were Marines. So I kind of got that Marine background going on. Um, but I didn't go into the Marines after I grew, graduated high school. Um, I went into a different branch of the armed services. Um, I'm not going to say which branch, but I became a uh, special forces operator for seven years, uh, actually eight. Um, I got an injury, uh, to where I had to get surgery done was what would not allow me to carry on my duties as an operator, but I got medically cleared to join another branch for four years. So altogether, you can say I did 12 years altogether. Nice. So, so what do you think uh, brought you towards the military more? Was it your environment or your father's history of, uh, you know, being in the military as well? I think it has to kind of do with my, with my grandpa, my two uncles. And plus, um, when I was growing up, uh, going through high school, I, and I'm going to admit this, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's other people out there who probably feel the same way as I do, is that I was practically 
you know, I was this tall, beanpole-looking kid that, you know, practically, you know, everybody would pick on or make fun of. But I kind of had this determined where I just wanted to be better than anybody else to prove them wrong. So when I graduated high school, I joined uh, the brand, the, this branch I got involved in and went through basic and signed up to be an operator and went through that rigorous, that rigorous training to say, hey, I have done something that, I, that you guys would never do in your whole life. And, you know, and also to me, where I was growing up, you know, in the rural part of Appalachian, uh, Appalachian was that there wasn't hardly anything for work back there growing up. You know, you either had to do one thing or do another. And, and I personally felt like I kind of needed to get out and go in, like make my own friends, uh, get that brotherhood going that I felt like I needed growing up with other friends. You know, I do have buddies growing up that still talk to me, but they, I felt like I needed like a little more, like a deeper connection, like someone who's going to be to my left or to my right, you know, when shit hits the fan, that type of deal. So it sounds like it was a little bit of both, right? Um, kind of just being in the middle of nowhere um, and not yeah. having a lot of access and opportunity available um you know family history and then mm -hmm. you know obviously that that drive to prove yourself too which i mean I, like you said i think a, a lot of people can relate to that piece especially coming out of high school yeah oh, yeah. yeah and um you know i felt like that um i just needed to like do good you know for you know for people too um but apparently you know i was was practically kind of you know lie to about it because um to me it, at the time it was like a great opportunity for me to you know like i said to find that brotherhood to go out and and see different places to you know to make myself feel like in a way that uh, okay you guys you know you treated me like crap there in high school and you picked on me and here i am you know um on this white night in shiny armor, I'm this guardian angel. I'm the one who's going to be practically having a blank check to cash to protect your freedoms. Mm -hmm. You know, type of deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, pride involved in that. I I have family that served in the military as well. For uh, and some of them were, were lifers. You know, they mm -hmm. they served like over 20 years in uniform. Uh, mm -hmm. So when when they get out that never goes away that's something that you carry with you for the rest of your life and that can be deeply impactful especially yeah. if you realize that you're being taken advantage of or your your uh, abilities are being abused in any way by people who are supposed to be uh for better or worse your role models your authority yeah. figures it can be a pretty painful process to realize that i'd imagine uh, it is and um just kind of kind of touch back a little bit um like um my current girlfriend, um, I'm really not going to mention her name, but she did 20 in, in the military and she retired. Um, and she's been, um, you know, out in the workforce for, you know, for six years and she's, you know, in a pretty good position. She makes, you know, she does her own hustle, you know, and, and makes her own money. And, um, and I, and I'm actually you know, kind of 
really grateful that I, you know, I met her. Um, her views are almost like-minded as ours. She kind of like straddles the fence on certain subjects, but with her, you know, we did have some conversations, you know, adult conversations about it to where, you know, I, I give her what this is supposed to be. And I'm not, you know, forcing that my, you know, ideas or anything else on her, you know, I'm telling her about it, but I want her to make her own choice of how she feels. And and that's the way we all should be, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, you know, um, with, you know, religion and stuff like that, I mean, I was brought up in a Baptist family, okay, and I remember going to Baptist church, and, um, and I remember, you know, the preacher being up there on the full, uh, at the pulpit, you know, breathing, you know, fire and brimstone and all this other stuff, and then, and I, myself, um, I'm, I'm not, you know, a Baptist, and I don't force that religion on anybody, um, if people would talk to ask me about it, yeah, I'll, you know, with certain subjects and stuff like that, I'll give them the best answer, but it's not my place, and it should be any other, anybody else's other place to force that on them, that we, we all believe in what we want to believe, and we should believe what we want to believe, even if we, you know, believe in Odin, or we believe in Buddha, or we believe in Jesus, you know, or even Thor, you know, we you know, we have the right to believe what we want to believe as long as we're not forcing that on up on other people. Yeah, mm-hmm. live and let live. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, one of the biggest issues is that, you know, as human beings, for us, it's much easier for us to try to initiate force on somebody than yeah. to back and be humble. You know, Appleseed, I, I know you've seen that not only in life but also from doing special forces i haven't done special forces myself i'm not a military man but i know uh enough of you guys that i know you only initiate force and attack when you have to right you hold back up until the point where it's you know we got to do this now otherwise mm-hmm. x y and z is going to happen um, but yep. you don't do it until it hits that point right and I, I think there's a lot you can learn from for everyday life with that kind of mindset is that let people live their life. They're not messing with you. Now, the second they start threatening your, your peace and your love and your happiness, well, that's yep. when you can start talking about initiating force back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, if, if they're not messing with you, if they're not messing up your life in any way, shape, or form, then what's the problem? <laughs> exactly. What is the problem? Before we start, you know, getting on to this little segment, um, I do have neighbors that live behind me. And you can always tell it's kind of like the first of the month with them when they get their, you know, disability checks and stuff because they party it up. And they don't bother me because they're keeping it at their house. They're keeping it on their side of the fence. They're not coming into my yard. They're not, you know, knocking on my doors or trying to get in my shed and steal my, my, you know, chainsaw or stuff like that. They're respectful towards me about it. And like here recently, um, their driveway kind of cuts like on the side of their of my property that goes down to their house and there's a bunch of trees bunch of old growth a real nasty windstorm just came through and this blew all those trees over well me and um my uh three daughters we you know grabbed chainsaws and we started you know 
cutting all those trees out of the driveway and, and clearing it out for them, you know, because, you know, I, and I didn't ask for a dime or nothing. He didn't ask for nothing. And, you know, we did that out of the kindness of our own heart because, you know, you know, he's respectful towards, they're respectful towards me. I'm respectful towards them. And, you know, this is called, you know, helping each other out, helping out your neighbor, helping out that person, you know, and of course, you know, he did, you know, repay me later with, uh, with some, you know, some, with some good, good, which I appreciate. <laughs> and that's part of bothering, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know me, I'm always preaching about you take care of your community first, you know, get, yeah. get hyper local interactions, take care of your people. And, you know, if they, they leave you alone and show you respect, you're going to respect them more. And when the issues like that come up, you're going to be a hundred percent more willing to help out and just jump on it before you even talk to them. Like you're talking about like, Hey, this is the right thing to do. If it happened to me, I would want them to do this. Let's go make yeah. it happen. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, yeah, and I'm, I'm the type of person that if someone's breaking into their house, you know, I'm going to climb on top of my roof with my 338 and I'm going to protect their property. Cause yeah, get, get on that roof and identify as a Korean immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both on the rooftops and the tree right. lines and the tall grass. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. <laughs> I right. love it. I love it. So, um, you know, obviously getting out of the military, um, you know, you're saying that you felt like you were being lied to. Um, I know most people I talked to, they, the first person they realized that lied to them was the recruiter. Um, the yep. second person they realized, or the second level of, uh, you know, lies comes from up top, right? Um, yeah. You know, speaking directly towards like the president and the people mm-hmm. like that and, you know, the motives Talk are clear at first and they become very clear, um, which is why most people end up not being lifers and they get out. Um, so after you got out, what kind of pulled you to the movement? Um, when did that happen? You know, is that level of untrust, what caused you to kind of be more of an anarchist, um, with that mindset and prior to this movement starting, um, you know, where were you at before that too? Okay. Um, when I got out, I got out like in 2007. Um, at the time, who, what I thought was my oldest, uh, she was born. Um, she probably wasn't even, but she's maybe not even a year old yet. Um, I was, I felt like I was at a loss. I mean, here I was and I got deployed out. And then I sustained injuries to where I couldn't go on any further as an, as an you know, operator. And then I joined another a branch. I uh, felt like that when I joined that uh, branch and signed up for four years, I, I thought that I needed to find somehow go back over there to find redemption for and forgiveness or make things right for inside myself by doing mm-hmm. it. But I kicked myself for it for, because I was, I was on QRF a lot, if you all know what QRF is, and and just seeing, like, the people over there, and I kind of got, like, a really in-depth of what, how things were ran over there, which was practically, uh, let's take Iraq, for instance, was practically martial law, practically just a training ground, basically, for what could happen over here. And um, 
when I got out, um, I was, like I said, I was, I was lost and I felt like betrayed. I felt disgust. I was, and that's when, in my case, that's when the, the uh, depression started sitting in and, and the guilt and, and all that just made me, you know, feel like that. I, I was, you know, I was the red coat over there. And, and it's when, um, I guess it was 2008 when, uh, Ron Paul started running for president and, and at the time, I think it was Bush Jr. who was up for, who was running for reelection and that other, um, uh, who was it? It was another pedophile's name. Carrie. Carrie. Was it John Kerry? Yeah. Back in 2008, <laughs> it was run, was run for yeah. Democrat president. Yeah, that, that was the, uh, the Florida hanging Chad year, wasn't it? Mm. I think that was, <laughs> I think that was Quail. Was that Quail? Yeah, I think it was Quail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I started and I, and I sat down and I watched, I think it was a 60 minute interview with, with Ron Paul. And he was, came across a lot of subjects that, that made a lot of sense to me. And just to kind of backtrack a little bit, um, when I was raised in the family, I was raised up as, you know, you know, in a Christian conservative family, you know, Republican all the way, you know, Ronald Reagan, you know, you know, the gripper. You know, um, but and and I started like trying to find like articles on Ron Paul, and it kind of and then he and with without Ron Paul, I probably would have never found the Libertarian movement and or Libertarian Party. So I became a member of it, and um, I know that year uh, Ron Paul's name wasn't on the ballot, and I wrote his name in. I'm in every election, you know. I wrote Ron Paul's name in ever since that happened. Even, uh, well, actually, I'll take that back. Actually, um, actually, um, when Mama Joe ran, I voted for Mama Joe. Right. Did you, did you vote for Mama Joe or did you vote because Spike was on the ticket with her? Both. <laughs> Both. You know, and yeah, and I remember when I got like started getting involved in this movement, you know, it was, I think, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think I know. I know it was Facebook, and I came across this group. They were saying, you know, taxation is death, and um, hunt pedophiles for sport, you know, or I, actually, I shouldn't say that. Actually, you know. Minecraft. <laughs> um, in Minecraft. Yeah. You know, pedophiles are in our are the monsters, you know, they shouldn't be doing this, you know, to children, you know. And I, you know, I was like, okay, I can get involved with this, you know. I mean, you know, um with and and that kind of hit really close to me. You know, when you're over there in another country, you like see these little boys like running around and their fathers like kind of like pimping them out to to, you know, the higher guy. They almost kind of look feminine, you know, for them to have their ways with it. What point, case in point, was that one guy who practically went in and just beat the shit out of uh, one of the uh, Afghani guards because he was doing that to a little boy, and they were saying that's part of their culture. Like, really? Dude, so, fuck, and, your fuck your yes, culture. And, if that's part of your culture. I mean, I, I get how 
you know, third world countries uh, just because of the amount of money they don't have. Uh, people end up the culture, you know, quote unquote culture ends up finding ways to make money off things that they have in their possession. And a lot yeah. of times, unfortunately, that becomes their kids. Right. Doesn't yeah. doesn't make it OK. Just because that's part no. of your culture, just because <laughs> that does not make it okay. Like, yeah. So you know, get back, you know, get back on track here. Then I found out that you know, kind of going deeper with it, is that that there, you know, that the movement was practically was like, you know, I just want to be left alone. You know, I don't want nobody else following me. I'm not going to bother nobody. All income earned is in, in is all income kept. The government has no right to, you know, tell me how I live my life. Has no right to go into our schools and and tell tell the teachers what they should teach our children. That the parents are not should not be involved. You know, and 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 this is this group from there. And in a way, some of the groups kind of became it, it, like almost a dumpster fire. Because uh, there was like other, you know, people coming in and were claiming to be, you know, socialist libertarians. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute here. You can't be that. No, you cannot, you know, sit on your ass, you know, in a basement somewhere and punching away on a keyboard in your mom's house and expect you have all these freedoms. But a portion of my income goes to pay for your fans only, you know, or only fans. No. Uh-uh. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, you know, and, you know, it's like, well, capitalism is evil. It's like, well, no, capitalism is not evil. It's just that some that people makes a better product. You know, if, that, if your competitor, you know, makes a better product than you do, you got either, you got, you know, you got choices. One of them is to try to outdo you, your competitor by making something better or go work for your competitor. You know, or or try something different. That, yeah, and that, that, that's you know, and that's kind of the beauty of um, what I see as as far as capitalism. Um, and I'm pretty sure if probably some people's going to listen to this, it's probably their brain's probably going to melt because I said that. But you know, you, whatever. You know. You know, I I think um, a lot of people confuse capitalism, a capitalist market with a regulation on a free market. Capitalism is not evil. Regulating a free market down to only a certain amount of people can actually have a brand and have a company. And it becomes corporatist oligarchy territory. That's evil. If it's a free market in capitalism, that is the most fair-based market out there. Yeah, that's why you have lobbyists. You know, you look at Big Farm and... um, Look at um, another example, um, uh, a given point uh, of the big uh, three automakers, Ford, GM, and Dodge. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, there's vehicles sitting across seas, and I have seen these vehicles um, like um, the Helix, but the, the Helix. Um, crap. Uh, the, uh, the Toyota pickup? Know, the Toyota pickup, you, you know, the, the tactical Taliban ride, you know. Um, a lot of those over there had, you know, are practically equipped with like four cylinder diesel motors, but something like that can't be sold over here in the United States, which I know would probably be very popular with a lot oh, of yeah. people, but no, that, well, 
we got a lobby on that. You know, we got a politician in our pocket. That type of stuff can't be sold. They're like, like Toyota Forerunners um, um, up in Canada. Um, there's a guy who um, I met a long time ago who had one. He bought in Canada and he drove down here and it was a diesel. And I was like, I'm, first time I've ever seen a, you know, a Toyota 4Runner with a diesel motor in it. It's like, yeah, you can't buy these here in the States. So it wish they could, you know, this, it would be great. It, it, it just, you know, just for an example, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's a Toyota 4Runner has been sold with two JZ engines and I'm with the turbo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are sick. <laughs> we don't, we don't get that shit. Um, no, we don't. And, and nobody ever talks about how 80% of Dodge is now over in Canada. Mm-hmm. Like Dodge is basically a Canadian company at this point. And it's because of yeah. the regulation on the market that they came to an agreement with Canada for importation. And that is the only reason. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, and you're going to have somebody out there who's probably, listening in or probably going to chime in on a comment somewhere that's going to say well you know that's evil capitalism no that's not evil capitalism that's called cronyism that's called lobbyism cronyism. yeah that's what that I, is it's actually one of the it's frustrating to see it a lot a lot of the times i see uh when people you know people think libertarians are or anarchists or ancaps that think they want a corporate empire but uh, mm-hmm. not many of us really do because uh what's the difference between uh some corporate oligarch telling you what you have to do buy and live mm-hmm. on and uh and the government telling you they're the same thing you know like yeah it's just a, a different brand of ruler uh mm-hmm. so no like we don't want that you know it's if to, in order to even have property rights you have to be able to have your own uh natural rights preserved you know you have to yeah. own yourself Exactly. And they don't, a lot of people don't look at it that way. You know, they want, you know, the government be their daddy, you know, not, you know, I, I know who my daddy is, you know, and, and it's, it's Alan. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I know who my real, real father is, you know, I know who my daddy is and I am the owner of myself. You know, no one owns me. You know, you, like everybody else is listening in, talking to you guys, you are the owner of your own self. You know, nobody has the right to come in and tread and just tread on your civil rights or, or fundamental and fundamental rights, you know, however you want to look at it. No one has the right to do that. Yeah, you're correct about that. Uh, the initiation of force to uh, advance ideology, you know, whether it's religion, uh, politics anything you know it, it's yeah. wrong you know it, it we want people to disagree with us that's what we want you know like we're not it, people going around calling libertarian fascist libertarian ideology you know that's 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 a backward statement um yeah we we want yeah. you to disagree with us you want your political uh your your domestic political opponent to be able to disagree with you because if you if you start putting laws and you know that that the police are going to have to end up enforcing then when you get mad about something and you decide okay we want to go out and protest against this they're going to say oh yeah you know like remember that law that you guys passed back in the day and this has actually happened 
uh, within mm-hmm. the last uh, five or ten years where uh, Republicans will pass the law or vice versa, Democrats will pass the law and it'll, it'll come back to bite them in the butts. And yeah. uh, you know what? That They deserve that. that. And then they say, you know, we can't do that. It, everybody ends up <laughs> cutting off their nose to spite their face. Uh, yeah. Let's look past that. Let's Let's say, okay, you know, like he disagrees with me and that's fine. You know, that's people are going to say some pretty spicy things. Like people are going to say some things that you really don't like. Uh, you're mm-hmm. just going to have to accept that. It's really hard to accept, but you, you know, at the end of the day, like you're probably never going to see that person again or hear from them. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's called education, education, that person. Like when someone disagrees, disagrees with me with a subject and I, um, and this kind of happened in a few pages on fascist uh, facebook sorry um (laughs) that you know someone would disagree with me on a subject then i'll come back and and i'll I'll say okay and i'll try to educate them you know with something right and you know what if you want to believe it that's fine if if you want to change your mind that's fine if you want to go on about your merry little business you know go on about your merry little business it ain't gonna bother me not one bit it's just that, you know, one of these days, you're going to realize, like, oh, shit, that apple seed guy was right, or Alan was right, or, or Rob was right, you know, or or stuff like that, you know. And, and, and I'm actually surprised to see that a lot of people today with the current political field that's going on, that a lot of people are starting to open their eyes to a, to this theater that's happening right before them. Finally. And, yeah. Yeah. Finally. I mean, I think a lot of people forget why we have states, why we have cities, why we have communities. It's mm-hmm. because we don't all agree, right? This should be a oh. country of disagreeing. And we can yeah. have pockets of areas of people that think a certain way and want to live a certain way and have laws a certain way and whatever else, right? You know, laws aren't the only people that make them. You know, let's make that very clear again. Um, mm-hmm. um, and just find where you want to live, find the culture and the community that you want to be in and then mm-hmm. help that community thrive. Stop yeah. disagreeing with people. There's no reason why the entire country should think and act and live one way. How boring would that fucking be if that was the case? That's right. Exactly. Um, to anybody out there who wants to say anything against laws not being real, I'll say this. Uh, the federal government creates the law. Some states create another law saying that the people that live there may or may not have to follow that law. And then the counties in those states turn around and say, oh, well, you know what, uh, we're going to make another law or ordinance that, you know, we don't really have to abide by that if, if they don't want to, if they want to opt out. And then the cities do the same thing and they say, well, you know, that doesn't really work for us. You know, we we're going to change the law or write an ordinance. And then the people who live in those cities go, yeah, well, fuck them. And, you know, yeah. that's like, it gets pretty crude at that point. But uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, where I'm going with this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think we're yeah. going, whereas uh, laws aren't real. Live how you want. Don't hurt people. Um, if anybody tries to enforce an unjust law on you, you call your community. That's right. Talk to yeah. your neighbors. That's the best form of revolution. Talk to your neighbors. Find yeah. out what you got in common. Heck, find out what you don't got in common, too. That's even better. You know, no. some yeah. healthy boundaries. Yeah, and even if you reach out to one person, you know, instead of like the whole community, if you can reach out like one person at a time, you know, that works too. 
you know, and then that one person can reach out to another person, then another person, you know, it can, you know, it can escalate, you know, we, we as human beings, we're not perfect in any sense whatsoever. I mean, I know I am not perfect. I make mistakes every day. The moment I wake up, the moment I go to sleep, I'll, I'll make mistakes. I'll say stuff, you know, where some people might get offended, you know, or it's stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to understand that we all have different opinions. We're all not perfect. Um, if there's stuff you need, you don't like or not, we talk about it, we debate and try to find, you know, a common ground as long as, you know, like you said, as long as it's not hurting no one, doing any damage or stealing or, or even, you know, you know, bodily harm, stuff like that. Joe, right. it's, it's an honor. It's, it's humbling. I, I appreciate this opportunity for this chat um, uh, to say, you know, to all of those who know I, who I am on Facebook and stuff. Um, I say thank you for, you know, being a friend, for the likes and the comments. Um, it's humbling. And if you're looking, if you look up to me or to Al or to Robert or to other people, I mean, do it. Um, even if, uh, if I post a meme that makes your day, hey, at least I'm doing something right. And for everybody else out there, just, you know, go forth, do Thor's work, and stay frosty. I love it, man. Right. Love it. You know, gang, gang, baby. Gang, gang. Gang, gang. And I hope that, you know, um, you know, people, you know, um, maybe can think a little more highly about us. Um, or and kind of got you know the insight of what goes on inside my brain yeah no for sure i mean uh that's what we're doing this for we want people to understand you know what all of our backgrounds are that we're not just a bunch of autistic retards on facebook posting memes that we actually have meaning behind this um we're all out there trying to better our communities in a certain way and mm -hmm. understand and the background and where we come from and, and why we're here at this certain standpoint and why we support what we support. Right. Um, yeah. you know, we, we're, we're all more alike than we realize. Yes, we are. Well, gentlemen, um, I look forward to hopefully doing this again one day with y'all and maybe we can touch on a little bit more subjects and hopefully we can get the point across a little bit better. I know that we're pressed for time and I don't want Robert to, go through and have an editing nightmare but um <laughs> but i you know i appreciate it and i hope that you know we can do this again or maybe one of these days uh, we can all meet at blue out oh we, we we definitely will when i get my barbecue restaurant i'll invite you guys to um right. and apple seed we would obviously love to have you on again man i think uh three of us could probably talk for hours and hours on subjects right. and everything and um still not be satisfied with everything that we covered so um yeah. you know we, we would love to have you on anytime man really appreciate yep. that you came on today honestly like we're humbled and honored that you were able to do that as well um the uh, yeah. the, the mutual respect is equal all the way around we put it that way um so thank you oh, brother yeah. really appreciate it no thank you brother all right and with that we will close up shop Thanks for tuning in to the Anti-Politics Podcast. Don't forget to drink your water, eat right, do your drills, and get outside and exercise. 
See you next time. They'll have bombs and they'll have tanks. They've got money in their banks. But we will